Hello. I'm calling no on matter behalf how of much the boy chase with your checking message. Welcome to Finding Your Voice. At Sam Adams, drinking beer is our job. We take our job seriously, so we taste a lot of it. It's the stories told by others that make you a legend. Indian motorcycles, the road is calling sales event is on. Burger King, a dollar is all you need. To get a flame-grilled bacon cheeseburger or any of these other items for just a buck, your way, way better. Liberty Mutual's new car replacement will pay for the total value of your car, plus depreciation. And with our new accident forgiveness plan, it's time to see car insurance in a whole new light. The Gillette Mach 3 Turbo still feels better after 10 shaves than a new disposable. Get an incredible experience, shave after shave. There are over a thousand Mondays in your life. Don't waste them, be a man. Screw it, make the man wanna be you. X, smell like Monday matters. With the Grubhub delivery app, if you want it all, you can get it. What you just heard was my commercial voiceover demo. Essentially, a one-minute calling card that I can use to show agents and potential clients what kind of voice work I feel I'm best suited for. The beer-drinking, working guy. The adventure-seeking motorcycle rider. The normal dude who wants a burger, needs insurance, or wants to put his best foot forward and smell good doing it. These are some of the styles that someone creating a demo might want to focus on. The big stores the restaurant chains, personal care products, phone apps. Each demo is going to be a little different, but all of them should be about a minute long. Not even about, a minute long. No more, no less. Agents live busy lives, and let's be honest, no one has much of an attention span these days. Show them what you got and move on. And when I say that, I mean with your voice, not your production skills. The voiceover world is so super competitive these days, you typically only have one shot to make your mark. This is why taking the time to seek out a professional who knows the business and can help bring out the best you is really important. Joining us today is one of those individuals. He will not only help you record a demo you can be proud of, but something that can help get you signed and above all, get you working. Please welcome to Finding Your Voice, Mr. Donovan Wyland. Donovan, thank you so very much for joining me. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, uh, so I've been an audio engineer for 22 years. Uh, majority of my career was at Chicago Recording Company, where I was a senior audio engineer there for post-production. Post-production in Chicago just means commercials. So commercials are my bread and butter. And all during those 22 years, I also on the side would coach voiceover talent and create voiceover demos. I'd produce voiceover demos for folks and help my folks get an agent as well. So in addition to creating the commercials that you would hear on the air every day, I was also coaching the talent on the side. So when you say coaching talent, walk us through some of that. How exactly would you go about doing that with somebody? If I came in and said, Donovan, I'm looking to get into voiceover, what should I do? So first step that I do with, with any new talent, and there's, there's definitely different levels. There's talent that have uh, been working for a number of years and need to brush up. There's talent who are intermediate and are looking to move to that next level. And there's talent who are beginning and who are not sure where they need to start. So all of those folks, 
I do a one-on-one voiceover lesson and I have a, a studio in old Irving Park at this place called Fort Knox. And in Fort Knox is this studio called Sound Vault Studios. And that's the studio that I rent. So when I do one-on-one coaching with folks, it's uh, I bring you into the studio. I use the real scripts that I've you know come across over the last month or so. So they're the most current scripts. They're legitimate scripts. They're not things that are just made up for demo purposes or for coaching purposes. And then I treat you like I treated the real talent in that actual session. So I'm going to you know, be a little harder on my people, but uh, I feel like my people get a little more benefit from that, a little more insider's benefits. So is it, what kind of advice would you give somebody coming in? I mean, you're just, if somebody comes in and they're completely green, you're not just going to hand them a script and be like, start reading, are you? What, what kind of stuff do you tell them beforehand? So you always need to do your research first. So anything that you're interested in, you need to research. So if you're interested in doing voiceover for commercials, you need to listen to the commercials that you think are effective. And you need to listen to commercials that we know are already famous. And you need to start, you know, uh, stealing that person's moves, almost like a dancer. You take their moves and steal them, but make it represented in a way that is personal to you. So that's the first step, really, is having you research some of some of the work that is being done out there. And then once we get you in the studio, you should be at least versed on what is happening currently in the advertising world. Second step is, you know, breathing exercises and getting my person, you know, into a comfortable place so that I can I can work on that first script with them. But then it's my job to find out what my person's money sound is, what their money voice is. And but in the context of modern advertising. So just because somebody might sound good as an announcer like this, that doesn't mean you're going to be working right now because that overly announcery voice is not being hired right now. So we need to peel back some of those layers and get you speaking sort of naturally like this in a natural conversational tone instead of that announcery thing, which happened in the 90s and the 80s. So that's super old and passe. So there's a lot of factors that go into this first uh, one-on-one lesson. Yeah, that makes sense. And touching on what you just said about the announcer voice and stuff, how have you seen the trends move over the years that you've been in this industry? It's moved to the more natural conversational tone. Um, The needle has just been pegged in that area lately, especially post-COVID, I've noticed. Uh, The post-COVID advertising environment is just super sensitive to BS. And the BS meter on the audience is just cranked right now. So if, if anyone smells that someone's trying to sell them something, we don't like it. So lately, the voiceover trend has been that very natural, I, I call it the simplicity read. In fact, I'll have my people say these words before they speak the real script. I'll, I'll have them say the words, you know, it's pretty simple. At McDonald's. See how it set me up for that at McDonald's in that simplicity read perfectly? Yeah, yeah. 
Do you call them verbobos? I call it a device. Okay. Lots of people call it different things. You know, Harlan Hogan calls it di different things. If you read his book, uh, I call it a device. A device for me is something you say or do before the first piece of copy. Okay. So once you get somebody in, you've got them feeling comfortable. They're doing a couple reads. How long does it take them to get? I, is there a lot of time and effort put into getting them them to craft the art before you can try to put down an actual demo? Or do you kind of walk into that as you're going? I'm really lucky that the word of mouth, I call it the good people network, <laughs> with the word of mouth of folks who get recommended to me. Um, I don't know if it's my word of mouth. People are like scared to send people to me, but uh, I, the people that get sent to me are usually so good. Hmm. And I'm so lucky. They've already sort of been pre-vetted by my, my uh, good people network. Now, okay. that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of work to do. And that doesn't mean that it's, it's still going to, you know, I'm still going to have to spend a lot of time finding your money sounds. But how long does it take? Uh, you know, it varies, you know, and I say everybody's journey is different. Some folks are ready right after that first one-on-one -on -one lesson. If I say, you know what, I think you're ready. I think you've got it. You know, let's, let's move forward and make a demo or I'll put you on the daily practice method. And the daily practice method is going on this website called iSpot and iSpot.tv, which has all the commercials that are out there right now. And you click on this tab called Browse Commercials or Browse Spots, and you start to write down the scripts of all the most popular TV spots. And then you do them back into your microphone or your phone, and then you play those back, and then you play back the spot on iSpot, and you compare and contrast. Then you become two different people, and you become a producer and give your talent self some direction based on the iSpot's original spot. And you give the direction to the talent version of yourself. And then you go back and forth, producer version of yourself giving you direction, talent version of yourself producing new voice tracks, producer version of yourself giving feedback to that, giving new takes until the producer version of yourself is happy with the sound that you've created, that it is similar to the spot you were trying to recreate on iSpot, not an imitation. I want you to sound like yourself, never an imitation, but I want you to steal all their moves. If they go up, I want you to go up. If they go down at the end of a sentence, I want you to go down at the end of a sentence. If they start to speed up in the middle, I want you to speed up in the middle and so on. That makes complete sense. They start getting into the groove. They're feeling it. They're coming up with good copy. They're crafted in the sense of, you know, they're learning how to do it like the other people are doing it. Then how do you pick which tracks and which spots are going to end up on this demo? How do you craft the demo itself as far as, you know, like making a good mixtape back in the 90s? How is that kind of the same mentality? It is kind of. Uh, you, yeah, you want a upfront, you want a good attention getter. Um, just like a good mixtape that you'd make in the in the nineties, you know, for your for your girlfriend or for your boyfriend, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and then you want the second spot to you know be a supporting one to the first one, and then maybe change it up on the third, and then but 
that all comes later. The steps before that for me are picking the scripts that are going to make my person shine. And I'll usually pick one or two too many so that we can, we can have the, the ability to throw away a script if it's not working. And it's okay if a script isn't working. Not every script is for every single person. And everyone needs to know that that's okay. You know, you're not the perfect person for every single script, but you probably are the perfect person for like three or four scripts. And I bet you're a good person for like another three or four scripts. And that's what a demo is about, is finding what you are best at, putting those up front and putting supplementary material uh, to support the rest of that material in the demo and then end on an effective note. I usually like to end on a like a, not a s- sentimental note, but like a sort of intimate or a genuine note um, where there's some emotional realism. And how much diversity are you wanting to put in here? Are you going to want, I mean, if you've got your signature sound and you're saying, you know, first and second track, right? You want to support each other. And then how much do you want to branch out? I mean, do you want to stay as close as you can to that signature sound? Or do you want to try to give a better representation of all the different things that a person can do? Again, that is a personal thing. And that is my job is to suss out how much diversity this person can offer. Mm-hmm. And if if the person has a massive amount of range, well, of course, we want to capture some of their range. But definitely the first like three pieces, I want them to sound like the current sound of advertising, not showcasing their range. I want to showcase that they can fit in where advertising is happening right now. Then after the third spot or so, we start to show that this person could have some, maybe some range, maybe an accent, maybe, you know, something funny, maybe something overly serious, maybe some legal copy, you know, to show that this person's not a one trick pony. Right. Yeah. But you still want to stay within the wheelhouse, right? I mean, it's not like doing an animation type thing. Exactly. Animation reels are completely different. Commercial reels, you are trying to fit into Uh, a construct that is currently happening in the modern world of advertising. So once you get a person to this point where you've got your demo, what's the next step? So the next step is getting an agent. Um, It's, you know, you want to have access to all of the auditions that everyone has access to in the city you're in. And Chicago is a commercial town. There's just no other two ways about it. It's an advertising town. So most of the agents in Chicago are getting advertising and commercial scripts for you. So, you know, creating a great demo is a, is a twofold benefactory process. Number one, you get a top tier agent if you have a professionally produced demo. Number two, your demo can be used in your stead instead of auditioning. My daughter does voiceover and the, her two biggest accounts, American Girl Doll and ComEd, she didn't even audition for. Her agent, Joan at Stuart Talent, just sent her demo. And so your demo becomes sort of um, an audition placeholder. And how often do you need to be changing that demo? If you're watching all these current spots on iSpot TV, how often do you have to update your demo? That's a great question. At least every couple of years, because... 
Remember how I said even post-COVID things changed, and that right. was just the with the span of a couple of years. So things do change and trends change. It's just like anything. It's like shoes or jeans or jackets. Uh, the trends change. And if you're and your demo can sound dated pretty quickly. Yeah. So even if it's at that point, it's not just they're not listening to your voice. They're listening to how relevant it is. So if your voice is all of a sudden doing something that you think they hear it, they're like, wow, that's a great voice. But it's not a current spot where it makes sense to them. That could lose you a job then. A great voice doesn't impress me. Great delivery impresses me. Okay. And being able to take direction well impresses me. Lots of people have great voices. Um, the gods bestowed great voices upon many folks, but not all those folks are able to take a, a modern advertising script and craft it into a way that is presentable to the current advertising world. Yeah, no, I, I can I get that. And so what can you do if you're if you're looking to get into this and you're trying to get to this point, you're trying to get to the demo, but you're not quite there. Should you just be doing just looking at stuff and practicing every day? Is that that's the trajectory of how you have to go about this? Nobody ever got great at anything unless they practiced every day. Yeah. So if you are truly interested in doing voiceover, the people you're competing against are practicing every day. And th that's your competition. So you need to, at the minimum, rise to that level and be practicing every day. If you hear anything on TV or radio that in the least interests you, you need to stop what you're doing, write down what it is. And even if you don't have your microphone with you, record it into your phone. Constantly be working on your craft because the people you're up against are... yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And so as far as going into recording now, is where is the recording industry going as far as the voiceover is concerned? Are we getting back into the studios now or is it still home studios? And as a side question to that, is the fact that there's home studios and they are so prevalent now in the industry, is that taking away from other people's opportunities? Well, as an audio engineer, it's taken away a lot of opportunities for me, but yeah. you know, uh, I've had to adjust and adapt. So I've moved myself into more of a voiceover demo producer slash voiceover coach role than just a pure audio engineer role, even though I will audio engineer my um, lessons and my demo uh, sessions. Now, the home studio revolution is not going anywhere. Yeah. And, and that is just going to increase. So the minimum you have to do as uh, working voiceover nowadays is have at least a decent enough mic for your auditions and maybe a decent enough mic to do actual sessions from your home. So that includes getting, you know, say a Focusrite Scarlett solo interface like we we're I think we were talking about in our class earlier when we were uh, doing that class, Scott. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of those that is an audio interface to get into your computer um, and then um, Source Connect, maybe uh, Source Connect Now, which is the free version of it uh, to connect your computer to other studios. And what about uh, when we're talking about uh, actual equipment itself? So I also have a uh, focus, a uh, Scarlett. I have the two I two. I have two of them actually, so I can use one for travel purposes. 
what kind of what are some good microphones for people to start with? I know personally, I started computer wise. I started with the Blue Yeti, which I found to be fairly decent. If you do enough, you know, back end production, you can make them sound pretty all right. But where where's the bottom tier as far as microphones these people should be looking into and where do you think they should get to? There's a great mic called the Rode NT1 USB mic, which is, I think, the most economical mic and it has USB out of it. So you can buy you can actually bypass your Focusrite Scarlett Solo or the Scarlett 2i2 and you can go directly into your computer. It's got the the converters built into the cable. Wow. And that mic sounds wonderful. Rode NT1. Okay. So once once you're moving up from that, what are some I mean what are some some of the equipment that you use? So the industry standard microphones in a studio and that um that I would use would be a Sennheiser 416 or a Neumann U87 mic. Those are the industry standard microphones. Usually the 87 is used on women and the 416 is used on men, but I use the 416 on everyone. And what are the differences between these mics? What's the reason that A, they're using them for men or women or whoever they're using them for? And how how much difference can you really tell with the microphone, I guess is what I'm asking. Those two mics are significantly different. Um, the Neumann uh, has sort of a cardioid uh, response shape to it. So you've got a bubble in front of you that you can work with that where the sweet spot is in a big bubble around the mic's head, around the mic's diaphragm. So that allows you to act. You can move your head around. You can use gestures and you can turn your head. But the 416, the Sennheiser 416 is a more directional mic. So once you go off access to that mic, it starts to sound a little dark. But when you're on access with that mic, there's this wonderful uh, bass jump. We call it the proximity effect, where the closer you get to a mic, the more the bass response goes up. So the bass response on the Sennheiser 416 is is really a pleasant sound. And so uh, that's why generally people use that with men is because men have lower voices and they want to capture that bass response. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, for me, like I, I'm rocking a Shure uh, SM7B and it seems to be pretty all right. I mean, is that in a decent range or should oh, yeah. I be upgrading at this point oh, already? That's a great mic. It's a wonderful mic. Yeah, you see it. I'll see it on TV and people. That's a definitely a radio mic. Yeah, no, that's kind of exactly how I got into having these mics because yeah. of the radio. And I was just yep. used to it and knew exactly how it worked. So I kind of went in that direction. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And it will work great for sessions, too. And so when you're recording at home, how much prep do you need to do for a room? I realize that if you've got, you know, you're standing in a in a kitchen and there is nothing but, you know, space around you, that that's not going to be right. But how easy is it to make yourself at home a studio quality space to record in? Well, it's never going to be exactly studio quality because um, unless you have uh, a whisper room, unless you have a little room that is you know, dedicated to just your voiceover, a voiceover booth. It's never going to be studio quality because there's always going to be reverberations and there's always going to be your AC, your, your heating, your dishwasher, the outside birds, um, just various noise elements that is going to raise what we call the noise floor on these recordings. 
But a great cheat is to start in your closet. Your closet has all these hanging clothes already up and it stops the reverberation. That's really what you're trying to stop. That's why uh, when you see people with a home setup, they've got those sound baffles um, maybe on, the, on their back wall or maybe even around the mic or around themselves. It's trying to capture all of those bouncing sound waves so it doesn't create that. It kind of sounds like an echo, but it's really reverb. And we're trying to just stop all that reverb from happening. But a quick solve is to just bring your your laptop and your mic into your closet, and that will usually do it. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds good. I I have I've gotten a lot of these things out of the way myself. I'm just trying to put this out there for other people because it's harder for me to explain it than for you to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going on in your world? I know that I was talking to Marcy Mancotti, and she said that you do a lot of stuff with live sound as well. Is that something that you want to talk about? Yes. Yeah, so I actually, I teach for the Milwaukee Area Technical College. And, and so I teach there on Mondays and Tuesdays. And uh, yeah, so we, we teach uh, miking up drums and, uh, you know, miking guitars and vocalists and bass uh, amplifiers. Uh, but, you know, what I've been mostly doing is uh, the, the voiceover demo and coaching work. The last two folks that I worked with, were actually uh, local um, celebrities. Um, Ron Majors, who's a, a news guy for here in Chicago, and Mark Greco, who's a sports guy here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So those were my, my last two clients. So we did coaching with them, and we did the full demo, and I uh, helped them each get an agent. Nice. That's fantastic. So you have connections to a bunch of agents. So I'm assuming if people want to get into this, you would be the perfect person to come to because you can take them in, teach them the ropes, and then try to throw them out there into the ocean a little bit. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, if I'm working with someone and I believe in the whole, you know, project, um, I'm really lucky to know a lot of the agents in town. And luckily, I've never sent any. Uh, one to an agent that I didn't believe in. So um, if I didn't think you were ready, I would tell you and I'd say that you needed more lessons. But if I tell you you're ready and I tell you you're ready for a demo, then that means I believe in you and I'm willing to have my name attached with your reputation. It's my reputation too, because if people ask you who made your demo and you tell them, and if if they feel like you weren't ready or if, you know, uh, you know, you were a person who, you know, wasn't quite there yet, that's going to reflect bad on me. So when I send my folks to uh, agents, it's with the full uh, support that I believe in you. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Kind of put your stamp on it and you don't want somebody throwing around your name if they're uh, throwing around something that sounds like garbage, right? So that's definitely something that makes sense. Really early in my career, I worked with uh, another producer and, um, you know, really early we had to make demos, you know, to kind of make ends meet. And um, I'm lucky that I don't need to do that anymore. But uh, really early on when we did that um, and we sent uh, a demo to Stuart Talent and boy, we got a phone call right away when they weren't able to do an audition, how their demo sounded. Oh, no, that, that really hurt us. You know, uh, you know, this is 20 years ago. And that taught me a lesson right away. You are your reputation and you sending somebody who's not ready doesn't do you any good. And it doesn't do the person any good. Everybody loses if you're not actually ready. So how do you know you're ready? 
it's an opinion, you know, it's an instinct. You know, once I get my people in the studio and it usually is an epiphany uh, after, a, after a couple scripts, like, you know what, you can do this. You're good to go. So in the end, what do you think it takes to be a good voiceover artist? Uh, dedication and practice and an understanding of the craft and a willingness to be open and accept direction and being humble and not thinking that you're the smartest in the room because we've got a lot of smart people in advertising, you know, and also you didn't write it. So you need to accept the direction of the writer and the producer and mostly just being open to the whole process. Any other horror stories or any other parting words of wisdom you would like to bestow upon us? Uh, I've been really lucky to work with a lot of celebrities and uh, maybe uh, after the podcast, I'll share with you some audio of some celebrities yelling at me. <laughs> okay. That sounds wonderful. Well, <laughs> Donovan, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and it's been very enlightening and yeah, just great. I, I would love to, you know, come out and check out the studio sometime and anything else, you know, best of luck in what you're doing and hope the, the waves keep crashing upon your shore, my friend. Thanks, Scott. It was great talking to you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And with that, I will wrap another episode of Finding Your Voice. If you want to know more about today's guest, you can find his website at donovanweiland.com or email him directly at d-o-n-o-v-a-n-w-e-y-l-a-n-d at gmail.com. Lots more to come on Finding Your Voice. I've only yet scratched the surface of the voiceover universe. And should you have any questions and want to know more about me or any of the guests that I have on or have specific topics you want me to touch upon, please feel free to reach out to me as well. And you can do that at scottozsoroka.com or S-C-O-T-T-O-Z-S-R-O-K-A at gmail.com. Till next time, keep working on your craft and never lose sight of your dreams. Peace, love, and voiceover. Bye-bye.